You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Morning, Lizzie. Hey, Mom. Do you guys remember when you told me if I got perfect grades all the way through middle school, I could have anything I wanted? I think it was to ward off any further talk of a pony. Want to know what it is? I don't know. Do we? A family trip to Antarctica. Ponies are cute, and maybe not as much trouble as we thought. I was taken by her beauty and talent. I'm accompanying the first graders. That's a big deal, Bea. Can I come? No, you wouldn't like it. The words are way too cute. You might die of cuteness. Yeah, well, I want to die of cuteness. It's my favorite thing to die of cuteness. Something unexpected has come up. There's much more explanation coming, but I have this one shot. Just thinking about it's got my heart racing. Bernadette? You'll never guess what happened. She disappeared. Bernadette. What? She didn't just vanish. I'm gonna get my gear. Bernadette! Bernadette. Bernadette. Oof. Everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And the story is as follows. Bernadette Fox seems to have it all. A beautiful home, a loving husband, and a brilliant teenage daughter. When Bernadette suddenly disappears, her concerned family sets off on an exciting adventure to solve the mystery of where she might have gone. The film is starring Kate Blanchett, Billy Crudrup, Kristen Wiig, Emma Nelson, James Urbaniak, Judy Greer... Trorian Belisario, Zoe Chow, and Lawrence Fishburne. It is written and directed by Richard Linklater, co-written by Holly Gent and Vincent Palmo Jr. Join me for this podcast review. I have Josh Williams. Hello, everybody. And Danilo Castro. Hello, hello. Two very big Richard Linklater fans joining me for this one here. Yes. At Next Best Picture. That's true. So you guys wouldn't miss a Richard Linklater film for the world, huh? No, I've seen everything to date. I have not seen everything to date, but... I still like a lot of his movies. All right. Well, Josh, you're out of the podcast. Danilo, you can stay. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> In any event, though, I mean, we came for Kate and Rich. We're here because we have to do a weekly review. And it's with great sadness that I report that Where'd You Go, Bernadette is lesser link later. Is that fair yes. to say? That's Yes, uh, that's very fair to say. <laughs> but I will come to the defense of this movie, and I will say for the record that I don't believe it is as bad as some of the reviews are making it sound. It's not like Despicable, sure. <laughs> I, I was I was almost thinking you were going to say it's not like Despicable Me. <laughs> uh, so where'd you go, Bernadette? No question mark on the end. So no, can you ever forgive me? This is a this is a movie that follows. Kate Blanchett's uh, character in flashback form five weeks before uh, the movie starts off showing us that she's in Antarctica in a canoe rowing around or a kayak or whatever it is, a boat. And we basically learn who this woman is, what is her backstory that has led her to this point, and why exactly does she go missing? Because as the plot synopsis reads, this is somebody who has it all, a beautiful home, loving husband, brilliant teenage daughter what could possibly be wrong? And I think the film does a really good job from a character study standpoint, really examining Bernadette Fox. And then there are some plot issues that I've been told are carried over from the book, which admittedly I have not read. 
Um, and so while it may be a somewhat faithful adaptation, I suppose, um, it still goes in places that I think kind of undoes what was brilliantly set up before. But enough from me. Josh, I would like to hear from you first. What did you ultimately think of Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Um, I'm kind of with you. I think the like the examination of Bernadette's character is pretty good at times. Um, I like that there's a lot to say about like anxiety and depression. I feel like that doesn't come up a lot in movies now. But um, so that's a, that's a really cool topic to base the movie on, in my opinion. But um, other than that, and Kate Blanchett's pretty good and uh, as she usually is, and she has a lot of really strong scenes, like when her and Kristen Wiig are arguing, um, or uh, the intervention scene that I'm sure we'll get into later. But I think just overall, the in terms of why I didn't like it, it feels really uh, choppy. Like the edited, the way I think it's edited is mainly what gets me. A lot of the dialogue scenes scenes seem to have an extra like beat in them. There's a lot of like awkward pauses, and there's a lot of moments where you're not really sure what's going on yet after people have finished talking or during their conversation. Uh, so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then there's a lot of really random plot points that just don't go anywhere. And so like, like you said, Matt, I don't know if that, like I also haven't read the book, but I'm not sure if that faithfully is just following the book or if it's something that went wrong with the movie, but uh, it just feels, it feels really awkward to me. And a lot of the conflict quote unquote of the movie seems to come out of nowhere. And so it just seems to be like tension for the sake of tension, but then it's not done well. So I don't feel tense at all. (laughs) Yeah. I I can understand what you mean by that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Danilo, what about you? Um, Do you share similar thoughts to Josh and I on this one? Um, I do. I do agree with both of you. I think, I think what it boils down to, especially given that Linklater is the uh, sort of adapted the book and directed it here, I think it, it really points to Linklater's talents being, and we've seen this before with with some of his most acclaimed films, he is um, sort of a meandering filmmaker. He likes structure that is kind of structureless, that is a lot of wandering around, that uh, doesn't have a lot of conflict. So I think seeing him try to tackle something that is a little more structured is interesting and i i thought going into it that you know maybe he could do something because he's done more conventional films well in the past but with this one i just think uh a lot of build up and you can tell he he likes the character of bernadette and really kind of spends time fleshing her out but i think once we get to the conflict it kind of it's it's done in such a sort of flippant way that i don't feel uh the weight of it like i feel i should and it kind of just undermines the whole thing for me when I look back at it. So I don't think dramatically he executed it as well as, let's say, uh, it probably was in the book. Yeah, you know, I think that might be the thing right there. There seems to be like a missing component to this movie in terms of uh, the performances, I think, are actually pretty stellar from everybody here. I would argue I don't think anyone gives an objectively bad performance. Um. The writing, I think, is very interesting for the first part of the film. And then it kind of starts to go off the rails a little bit in the third act. 
The direction from Linklater, though, I, I like what you said there in regards to how he makes these meandering hangout movies, and that's really what he's known for and is kind of his specialty, and it helps us to really relate to his characters on a much more human level. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that he has that same affection for Bernadette, like you said. I think it's very, very clear here that he is really obsessed with this character. And, of course, how could one not be obsessed with the performance that Kate Blanchett has given either, <laughs> you know? Yeah, she definitely goes for it. But... The problem here is that he directs the film and shoots it in a very conventional manner that is missing uh, a bit of style or some sort of a hook, either in the editing or in the cinematography or just something in general to kind of give this movie a little bit more oomph. Otherwise, Richard Linklater, who's a very, very special director because he is known for a certain style that not many other people are quite able to capture. That's not present here. And as a result, what we end up getting is we get a movie that feels like every other movie out there. Yes. And that's that's a bit of a bummer. And it kind of loses, I think it's, this might be a weird gripe, but it suffered, I think the fact that the tension arrives so late in the movie kind of, halts the fact of like waiting for something to happen because the whole time you're you kind of know what the movie's about based on the title and trailers and stuff so yeah as the movie's going on you're like waiting for the moment you're like okay let's go let's go let's go so yes yeah (laughs) as like time keeps going and going and going you're just like i'm ready let's let's it's not until the third act it really it's 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 the the thing that kicks off the third act those first two acts I, I, but I have to say, though, those first two acts, I was really on board with the exploration of who Bernadette was and what the setup for her life was. And I thought all of that was very, very essential for explaining why she goes missing. The problem is once she does go missing, I think the film just becomes completely uninteresting at that point. And it really, really dumbs down a lot of the emotional complexity that was set up prior and tries to simplify everything and give everything a very, very quick and easy explanation, resolution. And it's just very overly sentimental to the point that it doesn't feel like this is a midlife crisis, uh, dramatic adult film. It almost comes off like a teen YA, you know, novel almost with that just a little bit like just a like overt sentimentality to it, you know? And, and, and I'll, ugh, God, I will, I will admit that I did get a little teary-eyed at one point towards the end. I will admit it's to meant, it. It's meant to tug at your hearts, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that was... It just, it just felt too easy. It felt too easy for such a complex character. And I think that ties back to sort of Linklater's wheelhouse and sort of his signature style, his movies don't tend to have a lot of conflict or or a character yeah. that's overtly uh, antagonistic. Or, or So so while he has complexity to his characters, I think sometimes um, being a little rough around the edges is not his forte. And I think it shows here because I agree with you on that map. And, and okay, so like the basic setup here is that Kate uh, Blanchett and Billy Crudrup, this couple, Bernadette and L- LG, what a weird name. Um, <laughs> they are two East Coast people, both creative individuals, one in the tech space, another one in the architecture space. They both end up moving to Los Angeles where their careers both thrive extraordinarily well. And then they end up moving to Seattle 
uh, their daughter is born, uh, B, played by Emma Nelson, who I, I don't really understand. This is the part that I was a little confused on, and maybe you guys can help me out here. The movie implies that the move from L.A. to Seattle is kind of what kickstarts um, Bernadette Fox's lack of uh, like creativity because she's upset about this uh, house that she had built, uh, this very, very important, very um, big house that uh, she made all within a 20, was it 20 miles? It was, yeah, it right? Was the 20 mile house. Quote Only made from materials within a 20 mile radius of, uh, of the house. And that house basically ends up getting demolished and it kind of like sets her back a bit. So I was a little unclear, though, about what is it that kind of kickstarts Bernadette Fox's depression? Is it like like why why move to Seattle? Was it just to get away from that world and the space because it just had crushed her so much emotionally? I don't think they I, ever ex- I took it. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think they ever explain it. But my guess is because of what Billy Crudup's new job is. Okay, so it's like a combination of factors. And there was also the yeah. daughter's birth and sort of the complications that yeah. arose during her birth. Okay. Which I'm assuming are, are set around the same time period. Yeah, and yeah. She had the two miss, was it two? She had two miscarriages? Four, 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 mis, okay, four yeah, miscarriages. Four. And so that, probably that too. <laughs> so it's a combination of multiple things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the film does a really good job of carefully laying that out. Um, I have to admit, I was a little confused by the way that that all kind of started to unravel. But I mean, I eventually got there. Like, I, I have the pieces here. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't come through that clearly. And I have to agree. Uh, I believe it was you, Josh, that said it. That maybe it has something to do with the way that the film is edited at times. Mm-hmm. That the storytelling seems a little unclear. Yeah, I think that's what just gets me. There's a lot of moments where it's just like it seems it, it seems just really choppy and. Uh, like I don't know like scenes go on it feels like for just like a beat too long or like a beat too short and mm-hmm. there's awkward pauses when people talk and I don't yeah it's which kind of ruins the, the comedic aspect of it too yeah and I feel like it takes away from the normal like Linklater like rhythm s- style yeah rhythm because normally his movies are very they flow really well and the all the beats hit at the right time the comedy ones and the dramatic ones so well let me tell you this about that I saw this with a fully packed audience and the comedic moments that were supposed to be funny in this movie barely if it all landed (laughs) like I could maybe detect a hint of a smirk on somebody's face here and there but these moments that were meant to be played for laughs did not land at all yeah yeah Yeah, that didn't happen yeah (laughs) and you know I feel like I mean, listen, we have a little bit of context here, right? This film was originally supposed to be released in May of 2018. It got pushed back to October. Then it got pushed again to March. Then it got pushed to August. I didn't even know So all this time, they've had this film like sitting in the can for a year. And I have to believe that maybe it did get chopped up and edited and redone over and over and over again until they just found like... There's nothing more we can do here. We've done our best to salvage what we can, and this is what it is. And mm-hmm. maybe that's why it took so long, or I, I don't know exactly. I can see that being an issue. Yeah, I can see. Maybe there were certain things that were missing during principal photography that they thought that if they cleverly stitched stuff together a certain way, it might make things seem a little bit more clear. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a confusing movie by any means. I'm not suggesting that. It's a pretty easy to follow movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just not told in a way that I would deem to be 
a, a, a natural flow, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I think it's very clear while watching it that it's a movie that has been tinkered with and toyed with. And there's probably a lot of different um, variations on certain scenes, maybe. Maybe the actors played things a different way. Yeah. And they, you know, chose different moments to try and get to what they thought was going to work maybe more for a mass audience, which, like I said, going back to the overly sentimental ending uh, when they end up in Antarctica, there's a great scene where Kate Blanchett is on the phone and her, her daughter comes up to her and, you know, just like surprises her. And mm-hmm. I, like that's the moment where I, I lost it and I was like, oh, OK, that's very sweet and beautiful. And I, I really like the feels that I'm getting from this right now. But at the same time, I just kept on wondering to myself, like, it, it just feels too neat. And I can't help but feel like that that was maybe something that was intentionally done to try and, like I said, all right, well, the movie is having issues in the editing room. Things are a little unclear, perhaps. Uh, we're going to we're gonna give them, though, this ending that is going to really, really pack a punch and will hopefully send audiences out feeling pretty positive about this movie. I would say so. I, I with, with that context, I didn't realize it had been delayed that many times. I know it was a couple, but I, I can see that being kind of to blame for the forced neatness of it. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like that kind of transitions over to the music in the movie. Like oh. when we get to that, like that third act, and it's like these high God uh, piano keynotes. I'm just like, oh God, like this is so. It's like a commercial. Like this is exactly like what you would expect, like to you know, like the music to sound like if you really wanted to manipulate our emotions and get us to feel a certain way. It's too much. Yeah, it's 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 just it's too apparent. It was really it was I was. Act, like it was actively grading on me as we were heading into that the music and music has to be notably bothersome for me to to kind of take note of in the moment <laughs> i usually <laughs> don't think about music until after the fact but yeah that that that's a big problem i'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> also too uh, a couple of other things about this uh just like as a little side note uh, was anyone else hoping that Steve Zahn would have more to do in this? Yes. <laughs> he, like, shows up for, like, these brief, like, interview snippets, and that's, like, it. But Lawrence Fishburne gets a scene, though, at least. He I does. wish he was it, in it more, too. It was a weird thing where uh, in, uh, these characters appear in a video essay about Bernadette. Um, it, it was an odd thing where, and this has never happened in the Linklater movie for me, where I feel like the fact that we were recognizing all of these people talking was a little bit distracting. <laughs> to the exposition that was being doled out. Yeah. Well, when they when they show passing. younger Lawrence Fishburne with a black beard yes. and everything, I I started laughing a little bit. I have I to felt admit. like I was watching Ant Man and the Wasp or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, the part that like really got me was when they had like an intervention scene, and the story kind of goes into like a very serious uh, territory mm-hmm. where an FBI agent gets involved. And Bernadette has like exposed like her family to some criminal activity. And it's like, okay, like this is interesting. This is a very interesting development. But then it gets like resolved and it's over. And it's like, exactly. There's no purpose for it. (laughs) It's such a peripheral subplot. It might as well not have been brought up. It happens for like maybe 10 minutes. So, but but I think that goes back to the book though. I I think that that's, you know, an adaptation thing. I'm hoping it gets more fleshed out in the book because I thought that was an interesting part of the film. I was Me too. On board. I was like, yeah. okay. Now, granted, if the movie pulled the book of Henry and all of a sudden decided to change genres and now we're watching like a crime <laughs> drama, that would have been 
a little too much. <laughs> that would have been, yeah. Matt, Don't ever go had, full Book Matt, of we Henry. We would have had to have night, nightmares. Yeah, seriously. Book of Henry uh, still haunts me to this day in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Bernadette will not haunt me, though. Um, and a large reason for that is because I genuinely do like Kate Blanchett in this. I know that I've heard some people say that they think that she's overacting a little bit and trying. It, it's like almost too... It, it, it's too apparent to many people out there that she is giving a quote-unquote performance sure with this i i i while i can agree i'm willing to let it slide just because i found a lot of the decisions that she did make as an actress to both show how erratic this character was also how fully fleshed out she was and just from a standpoint of this is a character that I feel like I've never seen Kate Blanchett play before. Yeah. I mean, she's had certain traits of this character and other characters before, mm-hmm. but this just feels like an entirely original creation from an actress that has no boundaries, who yeah. literally can do anything. And I just really, really enjoyed those brief moments where even with an expression, a glance, or mm-hmm. a line reading, that she was able to kind of pull me into the entertainment of watching this actress, who I have the utmost respect for, just do consistently really great things. Absolutely. absolutely. I I do feel like she's, quote unquote, chewing the scenery, but I think in a really entertaining way. And I mean, all the moments that I sort of was able to kind of stop and be like, I know I enjoyed that little moment or I enjoyed that little beat, uh, usually was on her watch. So I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think her performance is sort of the saving grace of the film. Like, I came for Kate Blanchett and Richard Linklater, and I stayed for yeah. Kate Blanchett. That's yeah. a good way to put it. I think, uh, Emma, is it Emma Nelson? The actress that yeah. plays the daughter is really good, too. I, at first, there were times where I really thought that it was a little, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A little... Uh, Cautious? Sure. Like, a little, I don't know, not cheesy, that's not the right word, but... But it is. I don't know what the word is for it, actually. I don't know what it is. But something about the f- performance was a little off to me. Okay. Uh, it didn't feel as organic and nuanced in a way. Just like, and maybe that's a fault of the writing. I'm not exactly sure. But like I said, by the end of the movie, I genuinely believe this is a daughter whose best friend is her mom, mm-hmm. and I can really, really get behind that mother-daughter relationship. And I think that the movie does a really good job of showing that. Yeah. For all of Bernadette's faults and her lack of interaction with other people and the social. Um, issues that she encounters i think that that relationship there between her and her daughter is the heart of the movie in many ways mm-hmm. yeah for sure and josh mentioned this, uh, the scene uh, earlier when the two of them get in an argument with Kristen wig and afterwards when they get in the car and and the daughter kind of sticks up for bernadette and they have that little moment together i, I really like that moment i think that's a really strong <laughs> indication of that bond they have i like a lot of the moments uh i like i like the moment where Billy Crudrup's uh, character uh, comes to a dinner that Bernadette and B are having. And he's like, I got to tell you something. And the daughter like unexpectedly is like against him. And he's like, wait, what? What is going on here? (laughs) He's like totally out of it. And it's because these two characters, these two women just have this bond between them that um, I I was a little um, worried that they were going to just have the bond between them and never really flesh out B's relationship with her father. But the third act, I think that really does come through very well. And I I really, really like how LG kind of takes this attitude in the third act of 
your mother needs her space and she needs to do what she needs to do. But I have the utmost confidence and belief that she will be back. Yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, well, that could be months, could be years. Yeah. I mean, how long is he going to let this go until maybe at some point he has to declare that she's either gone forever or really, really gone forever, you know? And yeah. I, But I found that very interesting that he had that belief and that trust that she is a strong enough person and loves her family and loves her daughter so much that there's no way that she would just outright abandon them. It hints at a bond between them that I don't really think we see get fleshed out between Bernadette and his character, unfortunately. Yeah. It seems they have a huge dip towards the end of the second act, and then it kind of skyrockets up at the end inexplicably, but then it never evolves, like Danilo just said. So, yeah. Now, the question I have on uh, my mind is this. Did you guys connect with Bernadette's character? Did you have empathy for uh, what she was going through? Because I think the movie does go through a certain uh, portion where I'm not exactly sure if we're supposed to necessarily like her. I think at first she didn't really. I feel like at first I was like, okay, she's meant to be kind of off. But then once they explain why she's socially awkward and why she's depressed and acting the way she is, I think I had more empathy then. I would, I, yeah, I would say so. I think I, I think I know the portion of the film that you're referring to, Matt. Um, I think from a character perspective, uh, there is a moment or two where you're like, I don't know if that's the best decision, yeah. or I don't know if you know, but. But I would say the, the thing that kind of kept me engaged the whole time in her character and kind of kept me in her corner was Blanchett's performance. Yeah. She definitely helps whatever flaws I think are on the page, sort of. Mm. She, I feel like she kind of helps mend them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Playing Doctor. Okay. Interesting. Um, I, 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 well, I know praise will go towards Kate Blanchett for this. Um, I, I just want to just throw a little bit of praise towards uh, Billy Crudrup, who I genuinely feel especially in these last couple of years, like the last two or three years especially, has just gone underappreciated as an actor. He has. 20th Century Women, Jackie, Spotlight, Stanford Prison Experiment. Um, Alien Covenant. Yeah, well, we're going to brush aside uh, Justice League <laughs> for a minute here. But oh, yeah. this is a guy who I feel like has always turned in very consistently great character work. Absolutely. And he's not what you would consider a quote-unquote leading man. But like with this and especially uh, another film that's uh, another uh, adult drama after the wedding, I, I just feel like, you know, he's somebody that uh, we should definitely, you know, every now and then just throw a little bit more praise towards because I, I, I definitely think that he gets the, the shaft quite a lot. He brings a lot of tenderness to roles. Yeah. Yeah. And a very nice face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy to see Judy Greer uh, pop up, mm -hmm. even if it is uh, very, very brief. Yes. I, I feel like she is an actress who uh, it's either she's either going to have a very uh, big role that's not necessarily the leading role, but like a big supporting role, or she's going to just have like a brief cameo supporting role in movies. It feels like nowadays. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. very odd. She always yeah. lends something to it. Yeah. But I'm always happy to see her pop up. And yeah. uh, I, I really, really quite like seeing her on screen here. Like I was saying before, um, it's just like I said, when we get to Antarctica, the movie, I think, spends a little too much time over there and it almost feels like it becomes a totally different movie all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. No, it's beautiful to look at. And, you know, from a standpoint of how Link later uh, shoots this movie, like this is not a movie that uh, employs like handheld cameras 
and is shot like in a very indie style way. It's very um, studio driven, it feels like mm-hmm. at yeah. times. And I, 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 like I said, I think it's interesting that he's trying this, but he's lacking the thing that makes him so interesting and thus it becomes uninteresting because I don't know if somebody else said it before, but it feels like anybody could have directed this. Yeah. Yeah, probably. This would have been made without his involvement. Yeah. And when he slips into that, it's unfortunate. I, I, do, I feel that way about some of his films. Um, what I was going to say is I think, and I don't know how this, whether this is the case in the novel or not, but the way the films, the way the film opens and then we cut to five weeks earlier, the whole sort of notion of there being a where'd you go sort of mystery is kind of undone by that opening (laughs) scene. Well, I think the film wants us to kind of guess if, is she going to throw herself in the water? Oh, okay. Is she, you know, going to have, is she having suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Mm. I think that's what the film wants us to wonder. Does she just simply go off the grid and disappear? Yeah. It's not so much where did she go? Well, it, it like the film already tells us straight up she's going to Antarctica, yeah, but geographically. Where where is she really going to go? Yeah. And I think it's also too a question of not so much where is she going physically, but where did her sense of self go? Where did her yeah. her mind go? Where did her um exuberant personality that Billy Crudrup fell in love with uh, before. Where did that go? That's fair. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts? <sighs> Final thoughts. What do you guys think of uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Uh, anything that we did not talk about that you want to bring up? Um, I don't know if I think. I feel like we touched everything. I do wish Lawrence Fishburne was in it more. I like his scene a lot. Yeah. I feel like he could have been used a couple more times and that would have been fun. Yeah, because isn't that the last time we see him? Is that scene? That scene the, in the uh, like cafe. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a very bland. It's just very bland. Like you just said, Matt. Like any or yeah, Danilo. Like anybody could have directed this. Like if Linklater was never involved, the same movie would have been released probably. You know, that's unfortunate too because I do feel like a lot of the movies that we cover on the podcast here usually have some sort of an interesting hook to them. Yeah, and I guess here it's. Like I said before, it's Kate Blanchett. It's Kate Blanchett, yeah. Yeah, it's Kate Blanchett in a leading role. And to be honest, like we're such fans. I mean, we're going to go see it no matter what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. we're fans of Linklater. We're not going to miss a Linklater film. So here we are. Mm-hmm. But it's just unfortunate that you do get the expected good Kate Blanchett performance. Yeah. And the Richard Linklater aspect that we usually come for is missing. And so... Yeah, unfortunately, the the talking points are very slim on this one. I, I, I'm very disappointed to report that. At the same time, though, I, I want to reiterate, I didn't hate this movie. I don't hate it either. It's just not good. <laughs> I think it should be called, Where'd You Go? My Interest in Watching It. Oh, <laughs> man. Danilo, what that's about you? Burn. I'm sorry. Um, that's a Bernadette. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> got him. <laughs> oh, no. Um, the movie... <laughs> And I do want to. I do wanna, almost uh, fell out of my chair just now. <laughs> <laughs> Linklater did dedicate the film to his mother, who he referred to as my Bernadette. And so there's a sweet sort of. Uh, I can from that perspective, I can sort of see why he took a film like this and why he wanted to focus on sort of a mother daughter dynamic or mother child dynamic. And I, I respect that, and I can sort of see what drew him to the novel in the first place. But I don't think his either his skills were not properly implemented he just was kind of ill-suited to it or like you said matt in in the editing room this whatever uh whatever stylistic elements he brought to it got lost in editing so either way it's a disappointment it definitely falls 
probably towards the bottom of the Linklater filmography. It, it could be could be floating down there. Um, and so it is. It's a shame. It, it's it's going to be sort of a. I think we're not going to remember this film particularly well, and this will be a sort of for completest only release for those Linklater fans. Yeah, like myself, or for Kate Blanchett fans, or for Kate Blanchett, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Or for the small group of Billy Crudup fans out there, all right? I know you're out there. I know <laughs> you're I, passionate. And I do want to reiterate, like you just said, Kate Bloodshot is definitely uh, a reason to see this movie. I think yes. if you like her stuff a lot, I think you won't be disappointed with what she provides. You know what's actually the most heartbreaking thing about this movie, actually, now that what? I think about it? What? The fact that it's an Annapurna release. Oh, man, that's right. Like, I just feel so bad for Annapurna <laughs> as a company because I feel like they are making – on paper, what looks like some of the best movies. Yes. You know, working with Linklater, working with Barry Jenkins, uh, you know, yeah. Booksmart. And it's like, they just can't get a freaking hit. They got to <laughs> you know? break at one point. They got to keep taking <sighs> away. This wasn't it, it's unfortunately. really frustrating. And I mean, with what's going on now over there financially and, and what we're hearing about them, it's just not looking good. Yeah. Yeah, so, that is unfortunate. And sad. <sighs> Alrighty. Well... Grades, Danila. This one gets a nice three for me. Three out of ten. Oof, Josh. Uh, I think I'm going. I also will give it a three out of ten. Whoa, man. Okay, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> um, I originally was at a five on it, oh. and because the ending got tears to come out of my eyes, that's <laughs> immediately one point extra. So I'm at a six. All right. And I think I'm being extremely generous when I say that. <laughs> so, so do we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because admittedly, this could have been like a four to a five, but I'll admit, like while watching it, I was really, really taken in by Kate Blanchett, Billy Crudup, uh, and their performances in this that. I thought to myself, okay, this is not something I'm going to be shouting at people to go see at the movie theater, but it is something that, like you said, for completionists and also for fans of these actors, I would recommend they watch on streaming, Yeah, you know? Yeah, fair. And at the end of the day, I don't think it's so much an like offensive movie. I think it's quite harmless. Yeah. It might be unremarkable. I find forgettability to be, yeah. a, you know, an offense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I was teetering between a four or, or and a three, but I think after talking about it, a three kind of stands out more. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Can't, eh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I will say as a bit of a postscript, I'm excited for the the next film that Linklater is working on, set oh. in 1969, uh, around the time of the moon landing. It's going to be a group of children in Houston and that sounds very much in the Linklater wheelhouse. So, there's there's a silver lining to this. We it sounds like we got a good one coming. Yeah, we got a Richard Linklater's uh Stand by Me coming exactly. out soon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh awards potential. Um it begins and ends with Kate Blanchett. The question is <laughs> Golden Globe comedy musical actress and that's it. What are we thinking? That was the only one Globe. that jumped to mind. Yeah, I could see a Golden Globe. I could as well. I don't know if she'll actually get there yeah. because of the reviews? Yes. But I would say that she is in the conversation. Yes. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's where it ends. That is. <laughs> like you said, it begins and ends with Kate Blanchett. Not, not original score? Come on. No. No. <laughs> like Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, I just wish there was more. <laughs> All right. Josh, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Williams 09. Danila? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Danilo S. Castro. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Where'd You Go, Bernadette, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate your feedback. Nothing other than five stars is acceptable. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to our Patreon page, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content, including our final 2015 retrospective, also starring Kate Planchett, which will be dropping this week for Carol. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.